You know where I'm from. When black folks started revolutions, they never had the firepower or the resources to fight their oppressors. Where was Wakanda? Hmm? You know how that ends today. We got spies embedded in every nation on Earth, already in place. I know how colonizers think, so we're going to use their own strategy against them. We're going to send vibranium weapons out to our war dogs. They'll arm oppressed people all over the world so they can finally rise up and kill those in power and their children and anyone else who takes their side. It's time they know the truth about us. We're warriors. The world's going to start over, and this time we're on top. The sun will never set on the Wakandan Empire. Wakanda has survived for so long by fighting when only absolutely necessary. Wakanda survived in the past this way, yes. But the world is changing, General. And this, it is getting smaller. The outside world is catching up. And soon, it will be the conquerors or the conquered. I'd rather be the former. You're traveling to another radio show. A broadcast not only of sight and sound, but of mind, mind. A journey into the wondrous land whose boundaries are that of the imagination. That's the on-air sign up ahead. Your next stop... Afro Nerd Radio with your guides Guy Bird, Captain Kirk, and on Grindhouse Saturdays, the uncanny Daryl D. Mind expansion engaged. We're back at it again, surviving the COVID-19 crises right here at the epicenter of the disease, NYC. We're doing a shorter show, but we are powering forward. We had our show on Monday, the infamous Grindhouse podcast. Uh, that You heard it right, a grind, Grindhouse show on a Monday. I see that my, uh, my partner arrived in, uh, from the white-collar crime scene. Um, and you too can join in on the fun again. It's about 90 minutes. The call in number is 646 915 9620. Again, 646 915 9620. So essentially, it's going to be a quick, you know, hit and run podcast. We're going to cover some things that we didn't get a chance to get into for Monday's show, and then some new things that have just come up in the last 24 hours. So, again, uh, we're going to go to a quick herb alt groove and then we're going to do our intros and you know how how we do it um 
this young lady I'm just finding out about, she's from Harlem. So our our Harlem counselor may know of this woman, young woman. She's around 21. And amazing, I shouldn't say amazingly, but because of her demographic, what she is, how she's performing, it sounds like someone very familiar to us. You can guess who that person I think she sounds like this person. So I'll let you guess who, who you think it is. But anyway, who you think she's modeling. The young lady's name is Tatiana Owens. Tatiana Owens, and the jam is called Still a Rose. After the jam, we'll be right back. Let's groove.
Saints. New York Funk, by way of Minneapolis, I suspect. The young lady is Tatiana Owens. You know I'm going to dig this groove once again. Still a rose. And I happen to take a picture, check out a picture of the young lady. And, um, well, you know, <laughs> we can't say what we really want to say. But she's wearing open-toed shoes. She's quite fetching. I'm going to say what I'm I'm sorry. She's fine. Tatiana Owens, Harlem. I said it. Sorry. Anyway, folks, let's get it in. We have a short show. Uh, this gentleman needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway. He's a integral part of the Afro Nerd Machine Works. You know him simply as the captain, maybe, maybe more fully as Captain James Tiberius Kirk. Kirk, you needed in Harlem to check out those feet for me by way of Tatiana Owens. Let's get it in, sir. Let's get to it. it or something you're not oh, sounding you're not sounding as clear me? as you normal yeah i can hear you okay we'll, we'll power through it sounded a little muffled okay 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 all right something. <laughs> yeah for the moment that's what we're trying to hang you know folks are we're a little a little concerned perturbed uh <laughs> damn the covid 19 where are the afroner team <laughs> That's the vibe I was getting. And I'm like, look, we're at the epicenter of the chaos. And then on top of that, you know, we're trying like gangbusters to get out, to extricate ourselves out of this blog talk business, to go into something that's a little bit more professional. So there's some things going on. I don't want to reiterate what I spoke about on Monday's show. But all right. So anyway, uh, Cap, um, and again, to the listening audience, as always, you two can join in 646-915-915. 9620-646-915-9620. You two can join in on the front. All right, so, uh, oh, you know what? You know, you can always check us out on IG, Instagram, Africa Radio. Uh, we've, we've got to power up once the coast is clear, once this COVID-19 fog kind of dissipates. 
we have to power up our uh, YouTube channel also. So there's some things. You can still check out quite a few clips on YouTube, but we, we definitely have to expand that. I mean, there's a lot to, a lot to do. Uh, did you hear anything, Captain? I just heard about this really within the last 30 minutes, that they're looking at kind of a, a, down, a downswing on the amount of COVID cases in New York just now. Like it, it looks like today – I'm looking at other things that are saying things are still kind of upticking, but I don't know if it's something that our governor Cuomo had said, but something about there seems to be a little lessening of cases, like there might be some tapering off. Did you hear anything about that? I didn't hear anything. I wish it would because my unemployment check is going to be less than what I was making, so send me back to work. I ain't got no problem. Send me back. <laughs> Send me back. You understand? They can keep, and they can also keep that twelve hundred dollar check. You probably will that may be more than a hundred thousand you wouldn't be getting. But anyway, they can keep that. Send me back. I'm ready to go back. I, didn't hear no, I hear you. No, I hear you. Um that's what I that's, that's what I heard. I, I you know I think it's a little too soon for that kind of talk, but if it's if that's the case, I hope it is. But uh, you know I heard it on TV, and then I was you know right before air, of course, I went to the internet, cyberspace, and everything is still talking about chaos and you know more cases. So, but there there seems to be more talk about Italy and and, and Spain. So I I don't know. I, I I hope we do start to go in a downward a downward spiral because. I should say down ticking of this thing because enough already. This is this is pretty rough. All right. So um, also just to kind of clean up some of the th- some of the things that we didn't really get a chance to get into, uh, or we lightly touched on Monday show. Um, and I'm going to keep it light and I'm going to keep it dark. Is this the way things are, Captain? You know how it is. I'm going to talk about some stuff that's to some some may say, well, why is he talking about this stuff? But do you really want to talk about COVID all damn day? I mean, we're inundated with COVID information. So I'm going to go there because I have to, but not all the way. You know, in and out, dark and light, you know what I'm talking about. All right, so um, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Superman Red Sun came out a couple of weeks ago. We we didn't get get a chance to really formally review it. Did you check out Red Sun, Captain? The cartoon? Yes. Yeah, that was the bomb, man. What are you talking about? That was the bomb. That read any time you get a chance to beat down Superman, which Batman did in this. It, it's the best. Yeah, it's the best, man. One of them got an ass kicked for a little while, too, but that's all another. But anyway, time, you do that, the cartoon's door is going to be good. Red Sun was the best. It was the best. You take that. You take that. You take that over. Yeah, um, just to kind of go back a little so people understand like, well what is superman red sun you know I, I don't want to assume that everybody knows what this is superman red sun starts started out i don't know maybe 15 years ago yeah maybe 15 years ago as a elseworlds comic book elseworlds graphic novel under the dc label we know who superman is and in red sun and with elseworld else elseworld books not that dissimilar from Marvel's What If books and, and the upcoming What If, whenever it happens because of whatever, <laughs> the What If series 
that we're expecting to see on Disney Plus. Basically, they give uh, the author gives the reader an alternate take of the respective universe, an alternate take of, in this case, DC. So, what would happen if you put Superman, who we know to come from this planet, another planet, Krypton? What would happen if instead of he, instead of uh, dropping in on Smallville, Kansas, what would happen if he, if that same ship would have fallen, would have, would have, would have crashed in the Soviet Union? Hence the term Red Sun. So, so that's exactly what happened. So, whereas Superman is, is, you know, we're Americans. He is quintessentially American. He's a, a, a Midwesterner, if anything, a farm boy. And under the guise of a democracy and, quote, unquote, freedom in a totalitarian communist state, he becomes a ward of the state for real, for real. He becomes an he becomes an engine of the Soviet or a weapon, in theory, of the Soviet Soviet regime. So um, it pretty much stays true to form from the comic book to the animated series. Um, now I I've referenced this book a few times. I think even uh, me and Daryl mixed it up a little bit, and I think he would agree, even though I think I know he's not really a Batman stan like I am, but. If the Batman vs. Superman movie that came out a few years ago that was a critical that was not critically well received, if it took some pointers for for from this film, that movie would have made a hell a hell of a lot more money. I think it would have been impactful. I think the the uh, the fans would have been satisfied, and all, again. You, you see all kinds of characters. You see your, 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 the characters that you would expect to see, but they're in different places. Uh, Lois Lane is married to Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor isn't as maniacal. You know, he's, he's, he's more reasonably maniacal in some respects. Um, Batman, is, Batman, too, is, is himself, but in the Soviet Union. But he's still Batman. Wonder Woman is still Wonder Woman. Pretty much stays true to form. She's still Princess from Themyscira. But the way Batman, and this is not really a spoiler, I'll just say this much: the way Batman confronts Wonder Woman and Superman, this was done so masterful, masterful and Machiavellian, without. Some super suit and all that kind of nonsense. It, it was really, it was really something. So, I mean, I would recommend if you haven't seen it now, especially now that you have the time. I would, I would suspect our audience certainly has the time. You have the time, definitely check out Superman Red Sun. I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy. I've been waiting for this thing. Um, per usual, DC gets it right. On the animated side, I mean, I really haven't seen too too many mistakes. Even hell, even Harley Quinn, I'm I'm anxious. I think it's coming up in a few days, or like within a week already. Harley Quinn season two on DC Universe, and even that, I quite enjoy that. So when it comes to the animated realm, they know what to do, 
we said it ad nauseum, but translating it for live action film, they they just patently ignore it. I don't get it. Um, also, transitioning a little bit, I've been checking out Westworld season three. Now, you know, again, I think many of our listeners have come over to the Westworld side of things, but it was like, really no, well, let me finish. I, I think that, that were, look, when it first came out, a lot of our listeners w- were fighting me and saying, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a snore fest. I, I can't get into it. It's, it's, you know, taking too long. But when I said, look, just power through and you'll get into it. So I, I started hearing, I, I think I heard, started hearing more people that were kind of digging it once they got, once they got past, once they got past kind of the, you know, the exp, ex, exposition of it. I mean, it's heavy science fiction stuff, but seasons, I'm actually enjoying season three, but again, I mean, I, I take it what you just jumped off this Westworld train quite some time ago, Captain, or what? Season one was good. I watched season two. Season two, for me, wasn't good. You need to ask me how it was the first thing. Season two really wasn't good. It's there. It's okay. I have not started watching season three, so I cannot speak on season three. I thought season one was very, very, very well done. Season two was just okay. And this happens a lot when, with, when HBO is exploring stuff like that. And they, they do things like that. They make it season one really good. And second, you go second season. What, what the hell is second season? Third season, you go, okay, now you're coming back together. They did that with True Detective. True Detective, you remember, season one was incredible. Second season, they did the woman. Oh, that was garbage. Third season, all right, it, it was okay. They start to come back after a while. They do this. It's a regular thing they do with HBO, as far as I'm concerned. So I'm probably going to watch number three. It's probably going to be a little bit better than two by a dog. It's going to be like, well, that's how I feel about it already. Didn't see it. But let's see. Well, look, I'm, I like um, Westward, as you know. Um, I like the uh, you know Westworld one for the movie and Future World. So uh, I, I'm you know even when Yul Brynner Yul Brynner the great Yul Brynner was helming it as a as a movie. I you know I, I don't I've never seen the TV series. That's one thing I, one thing about Hollywood greed. Hollywood greed was real. I mean not that it hasn't gone not that it's really gone away, but it seemed like it was um, more in your face. In the seventies, maybe even the eighties, like they were not. It, it was unquestionable, unquestioned when certain things would just be like, okay. You, you had a good run on on movies, like if like Planet of the Apes, for instance. Like Planet of the Apes was straight to uh, did like five five movies, and then they went to the TV show, and then they went to the cartoon or whichever way that went. Maybe it was the cartoon second. This TV TV series third, I'm not sure, but they will they will wring a rag out of something, Captain, until it's until it's completely dry. Like maybe I think at least the first iteration of Planet Apes might have should have maybe quit on like the third one, but it went to five. Like you could see the precipitous decline in the production value in the movies. But but if, as long as they were able to turn a profit, they want to push that thing out there. And if, then if they can't do it in the movies, then we'll make it into a TV series. If we can't make it into a TV series, we're going to make it into a cartoon. 
They were, they were more blunt about that, I think. Um, same thing with Westworld. Westworld was a t- was a TV. I mean, was a movie. Two movies, then a TV show. And I, I I need to. That's something I might actually do now. Now that I have the time, I, I need to revisit the TV series. Um, but uh, look, now they think that what is crazy now is that you know the, the TV is far superior as far as the production. I mean, the production is is amazing. So I, I'm actually digging season three so far. Um, not really a spoiler as far as how season two ended. I mean, season two ended with at least some of the hosts leaving Westworld and going into the real world. At least we thought some of them did. I mean, some of them did. Maybe maybe some of them did not. Maybe you know. I, I don't want to give anything away, but let's put it this way. You're seeing more of what of what's happening with with how they're interacting. Dolores, or is it is it Dor- Dolores? Dolores, um, she is is really hell bent on trying to make humanity pay. She wants you know she believes that she is the superior being, and then you have another set of hosts, aka androids, that believe that you know we should be able to coexist. So, I, and I think that Bernard, played by the uh, spectacular Jeffrey Wright, he represents the more pensive side of it. So, and matter of fact, I think it's, you know it's kind of how these these machines work. Machines, aka sentient beings. Bernard believes that Dolores allows for him to exist to check her. So even though she even though she wants humanity to pay, she still sets she still sets sets things up to allow for her fellow beings or fellow androids to kind of still be there to quote unquote check her. So that's where we are so far. It's a lot more action too, a lot of action. One of the Helm, uh, Hemsworth brothers, um, you notice know, three that are acting. Um, the one that the one that uh, was kind of a guard, he returns. He returns as well. So I, again, I, I got to be careful what I say because, you know, I think this is what the second episode, second or third episode from the season, and already some some uh, Easter eggs have dropped. So I'll leave it at that. I'm digging it. I would advise the audience, especially Captain, to check out Westworld season three. I think I think he will be pleased that there is a discernible upward uh, upward swing from season two i would agree season two was like all over the place i mean it was really like almost like the maze that the robots have to go into to become self-aware anyway enough of that uh let's take a quick break i want to take a quick break captain i know we got a short show quick quick break when we come back um Actually, I want to talk about. I want to talk about. We we hinted at this, the last show, but because of the COVID situation, you know, more and more talk about just how are these theaters going to fare now? Because Wonder Woman 1984, uh, Warner Brothers was very very adamant about not putting this as a streaming thing, so they pushed it to August. But this is still not this is still not stopping 
the conversation that maybe um, theaters have kind of maybe theaters are old hat. Maybe it's, it's time for people to go full throttle as far as streaming and home viewing, even for first run movies. Anyway, quick break. We're going to talk about Hollywood. Uh, black skiers getting getting COVID nineteen and how the COVID pandemic is affecting black barbershops. This is George Clinton. This is actually one of George Clinton's side projects, a group called Octave Pussy. <laughs> Octave, O-C-T-A-V-E, and then you know what the other part is. Uh, Parliament, Funkadelic. This is called Grooves from the Deep. Grooves from the Deep. We'll be right back.
the great George Clinton with this side project, Octave Pussy, which obviously is a play on words from the 80s James Bond film, Octo Pussy. Um, <laughs> it's very hard for, for Afro-Nerd to say those words, but it's a legitimate word, people. It means cat. Let's not go. Let's not go too too deep into the word into the woods on that one. Anyway, you know it's George Clinton. Um, grooves from the deep, grooves from the deep. I'm kind of digging that that cut right there. Okay, folks. Once again, this is the midweek review edition of Afternoon featuring Captain Kirk. Oftentimes, the uncanny Daryl B. I think he's one of those. Uh, he's in, he, he is definitely one of those um, necessity as one of the necessity physicians, Captain. So he's persona non grata until he's able, you know, until he's able to kind of rear his head. Um, but you can join in, 646-915-9620, again, 646-915-9620. You know, before we talk about this piece that I came across, um, let me find this piece. It's actually um, unpacking the notion that because of what's happening with the crises the Atlantic, the Atlantic magazine had an article about the future of Hollywood because of, it's, you know, because of what's happening. I mean, now there's, people are, are standing still, literally, and they can't, um, they can't gather in groups you know, like for a theater or an event like a movie. So what does that mean? Before we get into that, I just want to mention something kind of just as, as an anecdote thing. So, you know, last time we, was, we were speaking about Tavia Spencer Netflix series about Madam C.J. Walker, the great Madam C.J. Walker, the uh, black female entrepreneur during the late 19th century, early 20th century, who did something phenomenal with her hair care business, um, a national business with thousands of acolytes, mansions, um, actually a mansion not that far from where we are now, further up north in Irvington, New York, which still which still stands and still has a beauty black beauty business connection. I believe the gentleman that runs Shea Butter recently bought the mansion and he intends to make that mansion as kind of a a headquarters for his female black female beauty business. So much so that it's going to be a place where he could actually uh, allow for more black female entrepreneurship as well as a headquarters for Shea Butter. So he's, he is continuing the Walker tradition. So anyway, um, you know, we were speaking about the movie, and I think many of us thought that it was issues with the movie, that it wasn't really as, as good as we would have had liked but it was an, something that still was necessary. That you know, this woman should have had a movie so so much long ago. So you get what you get. Anyway, I also mentioned that her great granddaughter, Alilia Bundle, Bundles, who's named after her daughter, Alilia Walker, who was a historic figure in her own right during the Harlem Renaissance. That when when I saw a, a, a 2001 video about Alilia Bundle's book about uh, a book on Madam C.J. Walker, and it was like I don't know maybe an hour and a half. I didn't, I didn't even see the whole thing, 
But much of what was discussed in the book, and, and I believe the book is is based on, or you know, this the book definitely plays a role in this movie. But when you actually hear Alilia Bundles unpack the Madam C.J. Walker story, I mean, they, they just, the filler that they put in for this movie that we were complaining about, Captain. I mean, it's just it's just ridiculous. I'm going to mention this one thing. Um, for for instance, we had said on the show, I think Bison was listening as well, but Bison was on the show, and we were talking about the famed confrontation between Madam C.J. Walker and Booker T. Washington. What, some of what some of what was portrayed in the movie was true, but there's a but the other side of it. If we if we knew the other side of that confrontation, I don't know what what harm it would have would have had to to show that in the film. So the issue was, again, we're talking about um, even though black people, men and women, were under Jim Crow and having their own issues, even in that dynamic, another tier in that dynamic was sexism. So. You know, you still had a you still had a situation that um, there was some some issues and hindrances with women who were trying to even black women trying to empower themselves over black men. At least that's the perception of it. So you can you can imagine what happens when someone like Madam C.J. Walker comes along. So anyway, she was looking for looking for support from Booker T. Washington looking for a shout-out from Booker T. Washington, a sponsorship somewhat, that if cause Booker, T. Washington, Booker T. Washington at that time was, was, was essentially the most famed and the, the more, most influential black leader at that time. So to have an endorsement from him would have, as she thought, would have put her business into the stratosphere. But According to Booker T. Washington, he didn't really see – Booker T. Washington was a very serious guy. So he didn't see the need for a black beauty business. You know, he, He's a man. He's a guy. So he didn't necessarily see – he thought it was frivolous. He didn't necessarily get it. So she had to literally you – know, he was kind of ignoring her to speak, to speak at this black business leader's – black business leader's – um, event when at any time there was kind of uh, Walker approaching his assistant to kind of get a, a, an endorsement or to be allowed to speak at the first day there was kind of an, an ignoring kind of thing second day there was kind of an ignoring kind of thing the third day she just took the mic and just said look you need to be supporting me What's go, what's what 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 is the harm in you? Like, why are you sensitive about a black woman, you no know, black woman trying to take the lead, or why are you threatened by that? So you know, she's a she's a rather defiant black woman. So the way that the movie played it was that you know he was kind of angry, and didn't really appreciate it. That's half the that's half truth. What happened was. What she did caused such a stir and, sh- and really sh- put a light on her 
that he had to acknowledge her. He had to acknowledge her, and then he had said, you know, um, basically he gave her all so many kudos that he invited her as a formal as a formal speaker the next year. And there's a picture because she had donated like a thousand dollars, like a thousand dollars back then was was like of an equivalent of twenty five thousand dollars in today's within today's inflation rate. So again. The movie makes it seem like these two didn't get along, and she was kind of boisterous and bogarted her way onto, onto, onto this event, and then that was the end of it. Where the reality was, yeah, you, she bogarted herself onto the event, but the next, but he gave her props, and then invited her back because she was so impactful, so stellar. And there, and there are a number of things that again, um. And I'll find it. I'll, I'm going to look for the name of the the actual name of the book. I think I might even have the book around here somewhere. But um, the movie didn't. The movie did not showcase any of this stuff. It just didn't. And also the fact more people are starting to take note that her 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 famed um, competition, her rival in the beauty game, any. Annie Monroe, Annie Malone, pardon me, Annie, Mal- Annie Mal- Malone, that she wasn't even, that the colorism thing didn't really play a role in that, that she wasn't a fair, she was, she was not a fair-skinned black woman. And she didn't even, she didn't even really look like, um, e- the actress's name, I think, e- Ego, or Ejo, I think her name is, um, very attractive woman, but um, Monroe Malone, I keep, I'm getting confused from the, the, the character and the actual historical figure. Malone was not it, it, the colorism thing wasn't wasn't involved. So why did why did they put that there when it didn't exist? I wanted to mention that. All right folks, anyway. Um and I'm still looking for the name of that book. Let's go into this deal, Captain. I want to get get your feelings on yeah, on her own ground. Came out in two thousand one. On her own ground is the story of Madam C.J. Walker, as told by her great-great-granddaughter, Alilia Bundles, and the great-granddaughter of Alilia Walker. Anyway, um, so let's, let's, uh, let's get into this deal with um, this piece that The Atlantic put out because of what's happening with COVID-19, and um, we're, we're hearing some movies are going to streaming, I think even um, Bloodsport, Bloodshot, pardon me, Bloodshot, Vin Diesel's comic book translation movie, that's going to be available. It might even be available now, I think, for streaming. So some of the stuff that's that's in the theater, that, that was in the theaters, they got hit right along with everybody else because of this uh, uh, coronavirus situation. They had to go to streaming. But now... The Atlantic and everyone else is kind of scratching their heads and they're saying, well, you know, we might have to consider this as as a as a rule now. So, Captain, what what are your what are your thought thoughts about that? And I'm gonna, you know, once you give us your opinion, I'm gonna read a little bit from this piece. Well, this is what Captain looked at in these blockbuster versions. Some of these actors get paid ten. 15, even as much as 25. So now you don't have the gathering centers to get the money 
that you are spending forth in order to pay these actors to get the incredible production and things of that nature. What happens when you don't have the movie theaters? And we can could, we could extend that even to uh, the sports arena. These are all gathering centers for energy. Now, the normal human doesn't understand it, but that's what they're doing. Energy can't be created or destroyed. Uh, right now, what you're seeing is a loss in energy. Now, so much that people are dying. They got worse stuff out there, as uh, Sergio stated. It's a loss in energy right now. So that means if you're going to scale it back, you know, for the electric movies, definitely, you could do that. The electric stuff, they don't got to be in no theater. You're going to pay your actor two, three million? Yeah. Uh, uh, streaming service and things of that nature. They could do some good stuff at that level. I feel that actors are overpaid a lot of times. You could definitely do that. But let's just understand something. A movie experience is different from the home experience. Home experience, so much, so much you see it, so much your, your home is set up like no one cares. If you had money, let's say you had like a $2 million home experience theater. You know what makes that good? When you bring over 15 people and say, yeah, we saw that such and such time. You know, he got that money. He got that thing going. Then that makes it good. You need the camaraderie of the people. Humans do things emotionally. So if you just sitting home putting your feet up and you had that type of thing, it's whack. I'm going to tell you straight up, it's whack. A lot of movies, it's about going as the experience. That's why you call your friend, you call your man, and all of a sudden, you always call your movies. You call your girl, let's go to this, let's go to that. That's that's what you need from the emotional standpoint. So if you cut that out, you lose the emotional standpoint. You you lose the energy gathering that you're trying to gather the energy so you can, money can be, can be converted. Energy is not, um, energy can't be created or destroyed. You lose all that those factors and you got to scale it back. It's not the same thing. It's just not the same thing watching it at home. Netflix would actually even be, you could watch the same Netflix movie and you could take it to the theater. It would be a better experience. You know, even if you had the popcorn at home and everything, that's just the way humans do things. It's a better experience. It's a better experience. You know, you got to understand, humans will go ahead and go, yo, I paid $100 for the shirt when you could have bought the shirt for 20 and say, yo, I paid 100 you ain't up on this. That's what humans do, man. That's what we do. That's what we do. So, of course, survival tactics. You scale back some of your production and don't spend as much and pay the actors maybe two, three million, the lower-level actors. The big-time actors are not going to go for that. The Denzels and, you know, Idris, you know, they're going to still want their big check like anything else. Maybe they probably work. But if you get into this, you might have to, they might have to get in the position where these people start to survive. You got to survive somehow. So streaming might be the way to go. You know, it might be the way to go with some of this, not all of this. I still think the movie theater is a better way to go. But once again, if this keeps going, the movie theaters have to survive somehow. You know what I'm saying? There's going to be a restructuring, a restructuring that would be needed. You understand? Know they're probably sitting down right now. The executives are probably really yo. You know, this car Johnson, this shouldn't need to be over. Just like that. Say, shit. <laughs> this uh, stuff would be over. 
before we drop this movie because we Marvel, man. We're going to lose massive amount of money. We put this out. We got to have like a $100 million weekend. We can't have a $25 million and they do it. Look how much we spent. Look how much we paid up. We can't do that, you know? So you, so you see what I'm saying? I think even if they took a movie like that and structured it right now and streaming, they would make their money, not right away. They were, of course, they're going to lose money. But over a four or five year period, the way you do it, merchandising and all that other stuff, and then with the, with the different you sell to other platforms and everything else, after about four or five years, they would make their money. But initially, the loss would be massive because you're not going to, you're not having people going to the, you know, the gathering house, the movie theater. That's what I feel. But over the years, you, that money would come back. So it would be definitely a slowdown. Wouldn't be no, oh, this came out $250 million a week, a week this weekend, and we spent 175 on the budget. We're doing good. You know, next week, everything is going to look gooey out of the red. Everything, oh, yeah, yeah. That's over. Underneath right now, it's over. So hopefully we can get back to the point where you like, man, let me pay my $20 and go see this, man. You know what I'm saying? Staying home. Yeah, you get it, but it's not the same experience. That's why you go. You can stay home and watch. It's not the same thing. For me, who cares? Like right now, for me, I don't really care if you tell me about this movie that, but I don't care. So what? So what? It means nothing. So what you saw this, so it means nothing right now. It means nothing. There's more important thing than seeing a damn movie. Who, who cares? It's like there's more. I need a haircut right now. <laughs> there's more important things than that. Who cares? Who's going to see this? I can look ragged. None of that means anything, man. You know what I'm saying? It does not mean anything. Those things mean things when we're doing well. You understand what I'm saying? Who cares how much money you work right now? Who cares what kind of car you drive right now? That means something to the human when we're doing well. Everybody's moving us to my hick on my car. Check me out. Drop top, baby. You ain't got this. You know what I'm saying? You ain't making money like me. You know what I'm saying? That means something. Right now, that don't mean anything. That's the same way with the movie theaters, how I feel about it. So it will be interesting to watch this. I think they should push our Wonder Woman back to next year. I think they should push that Scarlett Johansson. But what I understand, they haven't moved that as of yet. But we'll see. Hopefully, in a couple of weeks. I like my check. My check's going to be better than unemployment. I make more money, man. I like my check. My check is pretty decent. You know what I'm saying? Proper Negro. So what's up? That unemployment ain't. That unemployment check, you could just survive. Send me back to work in a couple of weeks. I would love that. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's how I feel about it after that. Take it from there. All right. So um, I, I, go, we, I go back and forth with your predecessor, Captain, I mean Captain, Mr. Starks. Because uh, I, you know, I don't think you know he's a family man, and I don't think he is a fan of the movies. I mean, as far as the movie going experience, like he seems to, he's been talking about this for quite some time. Like he's, he is the kind of person, and I don't think I'm speaking like uh, untoward of him, but I think he's the kind of person that is 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 hopeful of a of a demise of the Hollywood machine as far as the theater going experience. He he doesn't you know he thinks it's overpriced and you know like I have my annoyances also with the movie going public but I still like physically going to a theater at the big screen as you just said the movie going experience the camaraderie um, that kind of thing I mean I, look we always big up 
the whole this is as you would do it. This is an this is an event. This is an event. Uh, the inner sanctum, are, and also there's a little bit of uh, you know a little bit of of business involved in it on our end. At least we're trying to go in that direction with with reviews and being at the theater and filming and all that kind of thing. So, uh, we're wrapped in. We're we personally are wrapped into the theater going. Now I I I'm a big big supporter of the Alamo Draft House in downtown Brooklyn. You know, like that that place really took a hit because. They were all about like the real movie going experience. So much so that they weren't just playing first run movies; they were playing oldies. Uh, they were having events around black exploitation, around martial arts, and they also had a pretty decent meal, um, you know, spirits and food. That's done now. I don't know. I don't know. You know, we I was waiting so long for Alamo Draft House. You know, Harry Knowles, the, the uh, noted blogger, ha- uh, Harry Knowles. Um, of Ain't It Cool News, Ain't It Cool News, he was always talking about Alamo Draft House because he's from Texas. And uh, I guess in his area, it was a franchise. And he was so, talking it up so much, I said, man, I wish we had something like that in our parts. Like 10 years later, we ended up actually getting it. So anyway, now, the minute that we start going over there, now we have this pandemic. So, uh, I I'm I don't really I'm not in agreement with with um with Mr. Starks. I think that there's something important about the movie going experience. I don't I don't like the idea of that going away. So I'm going to read really two articles now. This is how this is the thing. Two articles from the Atlantic about this whole issue. Now one article is is centered around a a up and coming filmmaker and just trying to have his film shown at South South by Southwest. And as you know, South by Southwest was one of the first events in Texas that was canceled because of this pandemic. So he's looking – like this is where you start to see the, the real lower-end business point that gets diminished. This that That's one thing. This is like the, 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 the lower-level, lower-tier – filmmaker versus big Hollywood's elite big Hollywood elites and both are finding issues with trying to get their film shown so this this one is called this is from the Atlantic the pandemic is hitting one part of Hollywood especially hard and underneath it in quotes it says it's like we're never going back things are never going to be the same uh, Kate McLean and Mario Ferloni have been working on Freeland, their first narrative feature film for almost a decade. The writer-director duo have been inspired to make the drama a melancholic examination of an aging weed farmer contending with a changing industry early on in their careers after they made the 2011 documentary short Pot Country. Years of writing and rewriting of pursuing funding from film grants of assembling a lean crew and heavyweight cast paid off when South by Southwest, the annual music and film festival held in Austin, selected a film to screen in its 2020 lineup. But then on March 6th, the Texas Capitol called off the festival because of the outbreak of COVID-19, the disease caused by the coronavirus. The news gutted McLean and Ferloni. 
They've been looking forward to finally having Freeland, which they shot in 2018, play in front of an audience, to, re- to re- reuniting with their small cast and crew at the film's world premiere on March the 13th, and of course, to potentially finding a distributor for the film. The festival's cancellation left their team and their film unmoored. My first reaction was, why is this happening to me? Filoni told me over the phone last week. It, it all pure selfish self-pity, and then as more news came, it started being clear that what we were going through was a small trifle compared to what is happening and what will be happening moving forward. Um, I'm going to read it. I'm going to skip along. It says, now this is where we get into the heart of it. It says, Freeland, for instance, has remained adrift since the cancellation of South by Southwest. For something that was truly made independently and needs to get shared with the world, the established way to do it is you start with the best film festival. That's the best fit for your film. And we thought that South by South, we thought that was South by Southwest, McLean said. And then from South by Southwest, uh, then after South by Southwest, gee, well, we'll look at, at other awesome festivals we're excited about. And then one by one, they're all closed. Now it's sort of like, okay, so without a film festival, what is the path? To many, streaming has seemed like the obvious answer. Given the reputation of major platforms such as Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon as content creators, saviors of canceled shows, and curators of festival standouts, moving these, these displaced festival films onto the Internet sounds like a no-brainer. And with people practicing social distancing and self-quarantining, Streaming has become an easy reason to staying in. So that's like one one article from the Atlantic that talks about like a an independent film and how those chances are kind of obfuscated and, and moved to the side. And then what we have in this other piece called Hollywood is facing an, ex, an existential crisis. The industry is confronting a grim future. What if theaters stay dark all year? <laughs> Wow. That's, mm. What if people are too afraid to go back when cinemas reopen? That, that, that whole situation, man. Now, this is just, this is just one piece. Um, okay, I'm just kind of bouncing around. Uh, let's see. I think people will be a real, little reluctant once they uh, open back up a little bit. There's going to be some of that, definitely. Now, I don't okay. want to go. Well, you Let me read this. Let me read this one bar part, and then I see Bison wants to chime in. We'll bring him in. Um, this is to answer your question about Black Widow, by the way. The biggest spring blockbusters have already been postponed. Fast and Furious 9 was bumped to April 2021. So they were, That's like a full year, by the way. No Time to Die was moved. It's a billion dollars, man. Come on. You got to do that. <laughs> no, no Time to Die was moved to November. And Disney's Mulan and Black Widow are indefinitely delayed. So there's no set time for those two. Paramount sold its comedy, The Lovebirds, to Netflix. I think that's the one with, um, uh, what's her name, Uh, Issa Rae. Uh, Effectively punting on any kind of theatrical release, a strategy the studio has resorted to before. The next mega blockbuster was still, still on deck, is Wonder Woman 1984 from Warner Brothers due out on June 5th. And I'm just saying parenthetically that I've read somewhere it was pushed to August. Since, since this article, 
I heard it's been pushed to August. I even, I don't even think August is going to work. But anyway, uh, which the studio has insisted will not receive an online release. That's an early sign that what NATO was er- is arguing is true. Uh, NATO is not the NATO we think. That's the um, the National Organization of Theater Owners. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, it's funny how they have, they have the same the same acronym. Anyway, uh, let, let me let me bring in Bison, but I, I think that um, I can imagine that we we would go a whole year without these theaters. Like just just like it's, I just don't see it. It could happen, but man, that that's that's a that's a death knell if it's a year. Bison, what's up? Hey, gentlemen, how are you? How are you and your families? We're doing all, all right. right. We're making out all right. That's good. Um, I came in later. Believe it or not, I was in Bible study, so it is what it is. Um, I'm, I'm assuming you talked about the obvious earlier, so I'll just go by what the current subject is. I think Hollywood's going to have to take a note from the NFL and the NBA and whatever. They need to kind of give a a, a, a date when they'll be back. Um, I think the um, the theater owners won't be able to last that long. Um, I remember the last time we had a show, one of the callers said that um, the Marvel movies revived the, 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 the movie business. I can't dispute that or uh, support that. I just don't know. But it, it's obvious that um, the Marvel films pumped a lot of money into the... But it depends on America's mood going back. Um, unlike you two, I'm sort of over the movie-going experience. The only thing will bring me to a movie... I mean, I mean, I do the Marvel movies, but the only thing I really want to experience is war films. You know, okay. I want the IMAX, I want the whole thing, because it just heightens the experience. But I can, I can recreate that at home. Um, I mean, I don't know the overall, you know, if there are more screens or less screens. I don't think it's going to happen within two weeks. I don't think it's going to happen within a month. I think the American public is going, and plus, at the end of the day, well, people have money. That's true. I mean, too. they can say all clear, but if you ain't had a job in a month and a half or two months, I mean, I, don't, I, don't, I think going to see Black Widow is not at the top of your priority list. Yeah. So, so the, 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 the like the comic business, which may implode, especially local comic book shops, Hollywood's going to have to get creative. I don't know about you guys. I'm not paying twenty dollars to rent a film. You know, yeah. No, I'm, I'm going to say is that no, I I agree. There, twenty bucks is not going to happen. It's just some. I mean, that's, that's the whole thing. Now we we pay. I paid close to that for a movie without even thinking about it. But for some reason, I'm thinking about it when I'm at home. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, yep. it is, it's, just, just not, it's not the same. They got to cut that in half. Just think about, what you think about this, and you know, let's say you're you're a, a single parent, and onward has come out, and and you know, let's say you do four movies, that's eighty dollars. That's mm-hmm. a lot of groceries, man. I think people, this is going to show 
people what they can do without. And look, you know, I haven't in in those films that came out, you know, within the last few days, I haven't rented one. I haven't bought one. I mean, I was going to get um, Skywise and Skywalker. I said, nah, I, I mean, I saw it. I'll get it later. I mean, it's, it's, for me, it's plenty on streaming to keep my keep my attention. But they're going to have to, Hollywood and the theaters are going to have to entice people back. The price is going to have to come down. Something's going to have to give. You can't just say business, you know, business is, is back to, you know, yeah, okay, doors open. It's, it's back to where we were. You're talking, you know, tens of millions of people out of work. You think they're going to flock to the movie theaters? I think Hollywood's going to get a big. I think they're going to get their feelings hurt. I think yeah. they're going to get their feelings hurt. I read somewhere that there's, that there's talk of. They're, they're tossing this figure around saying that this will be a loss of $20 billion for the year. That is something unfathomable. They're uh, saying that this, right now, $20 billion is off the table. Because of this current situation, now that that's kind of that is that's pretty crippling, actually. Well, what can come out of this is a couple of things. It might be the rise of smaller studios. It may be the rise of, you know, maybe because I think the studios are going to take hits. They're going to let people go, and maybe they're going to look at maybe you know maybe the the, the um. The budget's going to have to come down. You know, I mean, they've already sort of been, it's, it's, I mean, it's already been like Marvel in a big vacuum and then cheap indie films. But Hollywood's going to have to do something to entice people back. Let's just say for S and Giggles, let's say this lasts until in the summer when it's like completely the all clear, like we are done. We are through with the virus. Hopefully, the psychological and people. There's a psychological edge, fellas. I mean, there's going to be a fear of people going to crowds. You know, especially when they, when they, when these um these totals start adding up like they're doing now. Like, and you guys know in New York, I'm sure you see it every second on this on an hour. I think they make an assumption people going to really just jump back in with, with, like like nothing's happened. I think it's going to be a psychological thing. I think they. I think what they need to do is to maybe shrink the size of some of the movie theaters, lower the prices, try some different thing. Maybe same day release. You know, give the audience. I mean, people ain't gonna pay fifty dollars for, you know, same day download. That ain't gonna happen. That ain't gonna fly. But they are gonna have to do something like the comic book industry. There's talk of, you know, maybe some DC Marvel. Um, Collaborations to bring people back to the comic book industry once that lifts. Hollywood may have to try something similar because I think there's going to be a hesitation, especially the elderly. Do you think the you think the elderly going to rush back? You think older people going to rush back to the movie theaters? I don't think so. Well, you make a Hollywood fair point. has been quiet on this. The NBA has been forward. The MLB, you know, they, I mean, when, I mean, they literally talk about having the World Series in December. But at least they putting out ideas saying we're going to, the NFL said we're going to have a draft. This is how we're going to do it. Hollywood and the movies industry is going to have to say something, what they're going to do. Just pushing movies back. They don't know what the new world is going to be on the other side of this. 
Well, I'll say this much. Uh, I think you, I think I might have mentioned this on the Monday show. Because of this experience, um, I think. And I, look, I, I hope that we're not able. I hope in one way that we are able to get back to normal. Normal, but on the other side of it, I feel like look, w- maybe we shouldn't have uh, people going to work the way the way that they do. I mean, why do we have this technology? Why 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 shouldn't we have? people being able to work from their residences half the time to, so you can kind of cut off this need to kind of be under under people all the time. You know, the way um, New York and many of these major cities operate, I know you deal with the same thing in D.C., is that, the, you know, we're already densely packed as it is. And that's like a recipe for disaster. You know, the, 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 the density of these cities are a problem. It's it's probably a wonder. I wonder what, how we haven't had this kind of thing going on before because people are literally on top of each other. The whole subway system, all that kind of thing, where you know you, you're you're dealing. See now, I, I was already borderline OCD, so now this has made me feel I'm looking at people left to right. When I did have to venture out um, yesterday, I'm looking at people who don't have a mask on and who don't have gloves on. I'm looking at them. Like I, I was, it was refreshing to see quite a few people not looking crazy like myself. But there were also people who was like, like, like nothing's going on. Like nothing's wrong. Like, are you insane? So these the public gatherings, the the music festivals, like Afropunk, uh, the combo, the combo convention. Um, I had my my issues with Comic Con. You know, New York Comic Con. They had to tell one year for New York Comic Con. They had to make a pronouncement to, to basically tell the the attendees to wash their asses because it was funny smelling. It was a funny smelling nerd place for a couple of years, and I was like, "Am I hallucinating, or is this thinking here?" And that was because those police people. Concrete is a, is a, re- a reality too. That's a reality. Is the problem yep. though? You're going to come problem. back sick. That is great as a restructuring, but the restructuring is going to cause less energy. When you get in your car and you drive to work, what do you start? What are you doing? You're spending gas, movement. When you pick up that egg sandwich before work, you just spent money. That's causing movement. Energy cannot be created or destroyed. That's what's being destroyed right now. It's going somewhere, this energy right now, because based on the physics of it, Energy cannot be created or destroyed. So if you do not have people moving, moving with this global economy foolishness, you have lost energy. That's the problem with this. So if they restructure to try to survive in whatever they're doing, they're going to do, yeah, they'll get some energy, but they're not going to get that type of energy. The people need to move. When you stay at home working, there's no moving. I'm not coming into the city. I'm not getting in onto the train. I'm not standing up at work. I'm not doing whatever I'm doing because there's a whole thing. I don't, I, it's not just I go to work. There's things I do. I pick up this. I pick up the candy. I'm going to eat a little breakfast on the route. All of that is movement, man. Look how much money right now is lost by the MTA because people are not moving. Stay home. Yeah, stay home. Look how much money we just lost. You see what I'm saying? That's the problem what you're dealing with right now. They lost massive money. They don't even want to tell you the figures, how much they lost, because there ain't nobody going to work. Massive. Hey, Debers. 
Beaver, I know you do. I know you do stocks. They just made Delta Airlines junk status. Delta Airlines wow. is junk status stocks overnight. There's no one flying. No one flying. There's no one staying in hotels right now. That's a whole other thing. Look at that. But yeah. I think you yeah. got to remember why the big cities were started, fellas. People left the farms. People left the countryside because there was technically no jobs. These, these city centers that started and grew. And it's the same thing everywhere. Now, we have a different economy, but let's just say both of you guys are small business owners. Let's say you have a small company. You have maybe five, three to five to ten people. As an entrepreneur, you want to want to oversee who you're working. That's just a human trait right there. Let me see what Taekwon doing, you know. He was gone, you know, I said a 15-minute break. He's been gone 20 minutes. You know, being facetious there, what I'm saying, but as someone who's worked with entrepreneurs and small business, they just anal like that. And it grows with other type of business. I mean, I'm not saying remote is the way to go. Certain, some some professions, you just can't do things remotely. And most of them are service, um, service businesses. You can't run a hotel by remotely. You can't be a caterer by remote. You can't you can't um, you know run a port or run a warehouse from remote locations. So I think what's going to come out. I think work, like you gentlemen said, work is going to be thought differently. And here's another thing that's going to be thought differently. And I know Captain talked about it. Is education. Oh yeah. And, oh, yeah. and Deeper, I don't know if you've seen these, these articles been floating around about HBCUs. Um, I have. It's not, it's not good. It's prolonged. Some of, our, some of our black colleges ain't going to make it. And I ain't just talking about some that's near the bottom either. Quite a few. Name schools are going to get hurt. Yep. Yeah, I, I saw an article from The Root. And, I, you know, I, did, I detest The Root. But I, <laughs> I glanced at this piece and it said, uh, I think the author was commenting that, you know, he had, he had hoped that his nephew was going to go to Morehouse, but the expense of Morehouse is so much, uh, I think like 50000 for the year or something like that, that he had to opt to go to the University of Alabama. So he also proceeded to say that there w- there's been a decline in attendance uh, at these HBCUs, uh, believe it or not, because of pricing. Now we have this other element, which is what Bison's talking about, that post this virus, um, now you might end up having, you know, kids not physically going to the colleges. There may be more online courses. I mean, how does that, how does that work? The only thing I would say, and not really to disagree with what Bison is saying, but I, I think that may, maybe this is more of a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? More of an escalation of what's already, what was already bound to happen because of the, of the technology. Uh, whatever, whatever happened to the mall? The mall used to be the spot, but I haven't been to the mall in years because I, the majority of my purchases are online. And then when you, and even when you factor in, uh, you know, you're saying about the virus and, and what's happening, you got to factor in just, just take, just technology in general, because of now because of this, this acceleration is the word I'm looking for. This acceleration. Think about trucking now. Like they've they've, they've been wanting to pull the trigger on automated. On, on on AI automation, 
with vehicles and, and now trucks. Uh, there's a there was a, there's a fear of passing the virus around because of truckers going from state to state and that kind of thing. This just accelerates the notion that maybe we shouldn't have drivers like human drivers rolling around anyway. Well, yeah, that what happens think, to their jobs? What happens to their jobs though? If you don't have people doing those jobs, what happens that's to that energy? Look, well, look that that's that's what that that is the you you could have asked it a hundred years ago. Anytime there's any anytime there's a major change in technology, a job gets lost. They're, like coal mining is not. I mean, this is this is something that Trump l- likes to likes to lie. Or one of the many lies that he tells his constituency. But this idea that that uh, coal mining is coming back. No, you're you're behind. Better figure out how to put some solar panels on a, on a damn house. Let and me, people let me, are, let me are tell really, you what. Let me tell you what my sheet metal. My sheet metal president would do, all right? Rather older man, when I worked in sheet metal, he would walk around and say, no, we cannot have this technology because this one piece eliminates six people from working. He would allow certain technology but not others. Because if you look at the sheet metal, when you like making diffusers and things like that, a lot of it is archaic. It's from like 1960s. He does that. And hope I hope he's still working, even though I don't work for him anymore. He does that to maintain jobs. He he wants your job to remain solvent because the technology comes in. He could have some instead of freaking uh let's say uh twelve guys working inside a shop, it can be reduced to four real quick. And who gets richer with that? Well, the sheet metal still has to be done. You can look at it. The guy at the top is going to get richer because he doesn't have to pay guys thirty five, forty, forty five, fifty bucks an hour anymore. Who's the top mechanic? You know, that's what the top mechanics make. That's why he went ahead and did that. That's the type of world that we're in right now. You understand? You you, you don't want certain people to disappear because they disappear even though the technology is better. You got less people moving and less people moving. You have to know the balance and how that is. That's something that he was very great with. That's what he did while I was working in the sheet metal union. You understand? <laughs> so... That's what we're dealing with, that type of thing. Hey, gentlemen, remember now, look at um, a trip to the grocery store where, I mean, if you're lucky, you get two cashiers working. That's true. But they want you to, you know, to to check yourself out. Um, And then I don't know you gentlemen's ages, so this may be, uh, you know, this may be a little older than you. But remember going downtown to the, the department stores, once I remember as a young boy, when you went in elevator, it had elevator um, um, operators. You know, That's they would true. operate the elevator. Yep. And every few feet, you had a, a cashier. You know what I mean? And remember when you tried on shoes, they would put the horse to measure your foot and all that sort of yep. thing. And, you know, it's just sort of a process of they just sort of remove jobs and remove people for the you know yeah a, 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 a more of a bottom line mm-hmm. and this is what you had and that ties into the mall experience going away now it's funny what's been replaced it is the town center i don't know if they have those so much in new york city but in, you know most parts of the country so like a suburban setting um you know outdoor almost like an like outlet creating a small like a- town 
Yeah, I know about those. Yeah, we have they have, further out Long Island. Well, again, last I checked, it was there. It may not even be there, but there was a, there was a moment in further out Long Island where they had these outlets that were like towns. Yeah. So those Hang are still mall. pretty popular. Those are still pretty popular, but um, I mean, look, people aren't going to leave New York City. Just New York City is just a different animal. I mean, it is what it is. But I really think that. I mean, it's happening now in almost every sector. Work is being it, it is changing. I mean, the nature of work. And I mean, I would who would have thought by 2020? Yeah, we have advances in electronics, but we have people with no benefits running around bringing meals to people, <laughs> or you know, riding bicycles delivering meals, or you got Amazon, you know, delivering packages you know, in, in vans or in the back of their car with no benefits. So it's like three steps forward and two steps backwards is, yes, we have some innovation in technology, but the human condition and wages have been stagnant, and, and this is what you have. So that, so you have a population with, what, 70 to 75% of Americans living paycheck to paycheck. That's why they're pushing the stimulus out so fast. Because within a week or two, you know, I mean, the unemployment computers are crashing already. So what they're fearful of is if, if you go several months without income, and then, then you get that next level of what the human condition will be. We know what that is. I, I just think that I'll stop there. I've kind of got too long on that. You know, we only got about seven, seven minutes remaining, but I will say this. You know, when Catherine talks about the loss of energy, he makes a point, but then there's also the energy of inertia, the inertia of technology. Now, almost everything you said, you could, just think, you could just think off the top of your head of things that just went away. Um, the, the technology that, that took away the record store. Th- think, about, think about the experience You're of the record store. You're missing one thing, Alfred. You're missing one thing. Each one of these things were, like, done where – Okay, we're going to take this away, but everything else is working. Right now, that's mm-hmm. not going to happen. Half the jobs right now could just disappear. Half of them. Even like what you're doing. They get the overnight say, we don't need you, because a computer could do that better. What do you do? Yeah. That's the problem. Well, well, look, I mean, you make a fair point. I'm not, uh, look, there's even, I was just thinking when you were speaking about lawyers. Now, you know, you know the expense that I, look, I took the LSAT. And, and uh, I, I, I know attorneys, and I, I work with attorneys. And, uh, you know, to go to law school is, is not a easy endeavor. It's a lot of scholarship involved, a lot of time, yeah, and, and a lot of money. It's like, it's like, just like medical school, it's, uh, it's not to be taken lightly. So, but now, because of AI, I remember reading this one time. It's frightening. AI, as far as, like, let's say, reviewing a contract, um, a contract reviewed by a human being and also the, efficient, the, the efficiency of reading a contract and actually, actually discerning it correctu- correctly. So like a human being looking at contracts, it might take several, several hours to review a couple of contracts and to come up with like maybe an 80%, an eight, an 80% um, accuracy. With an AI, an AI can review this thing like hundreds of contracts in like a few minutes with like 99% accuracy. So you have, you have an AI that's ta- effectively taking away taking away a lawyer's job. 
Matter of fact, don't think doctors can't be taken away either. They're looking at that too. Yep, because already, definitely. already, already, there's certain operations that are being done by by AI, already by robots, and they're looking at they're trying to get even closer to robots being able to diagnose human beings. So everybody's going to be subject to this. I mean, this this is the nature of things. You're not going to be able to drive your own car. You're not going to be able to. You're not going to be able. To, you can't buy your own music. I mean, you can't. You know, you can't go physically and buy music. Now it's online now. You know, the, the, going with the Oracle as a kid to pick up a record was like a big thing to me. Or even with, hanging out with uh, with Mr. Starks and going to uh, Tower Records was like a big thing. Much of the music, one of the half the reasons why I got into uh, into black rock music is because I was able to physically go into a booth and like check out the new song. I, I distinctly remember when Maxwell came out. Maxwell came out with like uh, like a five ninety nine CD. And I said, well, you know, back then you, you could go to a kiosk and you could see, okay, these are, the new, these are the new songs. It was something interesting about physically being in a booth and listening to the hotness versus kind of like going through a blog or going through streaming services to find out what the next music is, the next song is. We, we lose things. We're losing things because of the inertia of technology. Here's what but, I will tell you. Is what I would say, which is very, very scary. They say the powers that be want to get down to 500 million people. What you're saying works perfect at 500 million. It will not work at 7 billion. You see? So that's something that I want you two to think about. It's scary. All right? So there you go. Works perfect at 500 million. Perfect. Well, gentlemen, we got about three minutes remaining. I think we're going to cut it here. We'll be back on Sunday. Of course, Bison, appreciate you coming through um, for the duration. We're going to try to make our move to a different format, even blog, blog talk. There's a thing to say, though. Not all technology is good technology. So <laughs> because of the, the, the goose that blog talk gives out, it's causing us to move to some other. Uh, bear with us as we as we move, make it more professional. Um, going out, let's go out on something, something uh, new called The Menace, The Menace by Fantasy 15. We'll do it again on Sunday, gentlemen, Sunday at 6 p.m. It's been real, as always. (laughs) 